0: I was literally wasting away. Everybody thought I had cancer. I, I was skeletal. I felt the panic attack come in. And at that point, I was timing myself. How long can I keep the fear, that energy, out of my body? And it was six seconds. I was timing it. That's the, that's the longest reprieve I had.
1: What is going on in your brain and your body during a panic attack? It's really hard to describe to someone who's never had one. But I can tell you from my own past experience that it's beyond terrifying. I was completely sure I was going to die, and at the time, I had no idea how my life would go on, how I could ever fix this and live like a normal human again. What I love about these interviews is how we get to hear how these women get through huge trials in their life, things that if you're going through right now, you probably feel are all-consuming and completely unfixable but the human spirit is amazingly strong. We are determined to be more than the problems we have to face. So we fight and we learn and we try and fail and try again until we are all so much stronger for what we've gone through. And then often like Bambi, we take our knowledge and we go help heal others. Amen to that, to all of us who've been through some serious shit that helped us to grow as people and that made us more compassionate And really, much better human beings in the long run. I want you to tell me your story.
0: Well, my story is interesting. So it starts with being born Wired to Worry. And uh, I sort of remember, like when I was around eight years old, um, I remember riding on a school bus, looking out the window and thinking, Wow, I wonder, like, it's kind of weird. I can't turn my mind off. It just keeps saying the same thing over and over and over obsessively. And I had, and I just find it fascinating, that I had the wherewithal at around age eight to say it's a really damn good thing that it's a positive thought. Because if it's not, it's going to be bad. I I honestly had that conversation with myself. And just looking out the window one day on the school bus. So, you know, as you get older and more and more responsibilities come into your life, um, you know, the worry gets a little more towards the, you know, the the obsessive thinking gets a little more towards the worry end of things. And then, um, you know, you have kids, and then it really amps up, right? Because you wear your heart on your sleeve, and you start worrying about them. So long story short, uh, that little voice in my head that kept cycling thoughts and thoughts did get darker and darker and darker. And um, eventually, I succumbed to, I I say, I fell off the edge of life into panic disorder, like debilitating panic disorder. So I had at that point, um, everything I had kind of done, like I've studied holistic healing since I was 18 as a, you know, a way to survive and kind of like manage my mind and it was, it was fine. But then I had kids, I started homeschooling. We were living on a, uh, single income of a teacher and my, you know, the, the money was going down, down. I started, And so the worry started really focusing on money stuff, which is why that's a big part of my work. And how old are, how old are you at that point? Um, Do you know? Uh, it was like back in 1994 that I had the panic disorder. So what happened was basically I was just obsessively, chronically worrying. And everything that I was doing was external coming in. It was flower essences and, you know... Vitamins and da 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 da. It was stuff coming in. So I wasn't owning that I was the the cause. So in 1994, um, I started really, really like, I literally was freaking out. I could not stop my brain. And it was fear, 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 fear about money. And I remember at one point, one night, my husband came to me and he said to me, Baby, do I need to start, do I need to worry about you? And I finally said, Yeah. And an hour later, phone call that my uh, stepfather, who was my angel um, with my mom, had a major massive stroke and it looked like he was going to die. And I flipped out because I felt so fragile and I thought, oh my God, I can't be that source of happiness for my mom again because my parents got divorced when I was 13 and I was that person for her and it was a lot. To be that source of happiness for somebody who's going through a really hard time.
1: So this is, this is you've hit this level of panic. You get this phone call and you realize you can't be the strong one. Well, now for what your happened? mom,
0: right? Yeah. So because I, you're
1: you're already in a I'm place like, I'm where you were like, falling I'm apart. Not,
0: yeah. And uh, so what happened? Basically, 15 minutes later, I went to the bathroom. I passed out. I thought I was having a stroke. My my. Literally, my, my brain just exploded. And I thought, I'm having a stroke. Yeah. I ended up in the hospital, um, you know, the ambulance, whole nine yards. And I was so bummed because they said, you're having a panic attack. I was like, fuck, I don't want it to be a panic attack because that means I have to fix it. And I can't fucking navigate life right now. (laughs) Um, So at that point, I think
1: you mentioned to me, you were like, no, 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 I want this to be a stroke. I want this to be something. I wanted to, you fix it. Give me a pill. This is a medical thing. Yeah, this is a medical thing. Because, and and, and, and to pause here to say that, like, I've talked to other people that have felt the same way. You feel like there's not a worse diagnosis in some ways than a mental one. Oh, for sure. Because... You want it to be something they can fix for right, you,
0: right? And this seems
1: like it's your fault, even though we know yeah. better. Science has told us that's actually, right? You know, it's not the case. It's still chemical. It's still in your 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 body, but it makes you feel like, well, I've made this up, yeah. right? There's this yeah. this idea.
0: Well, it means it's it's an inside thing in my head, and I and that's where it's got to be fixed. So anyway, I. For a while, I tried to navigate it again with, you know, herbs and energy modalities and different things. Um, and I finally, I was just, I was literally wasting away. Everybody thought I had cancer. I, I was skeletal. Um, I couldn't eat. I, uh, I can remember my husband sitting at the dining room table with my two little children who were at that time like one and four or five and putting a plate on the table and, um, three tablespoons of food and he watched me like a hawk he said baby eat it and I would eat it and then I would go outside and throw it up because of my and it wasn't that I had an eating disorder but I literally my body was so racked with this huge electrical energy and panic all the time that I couldn't keep anything down So I was wasting away, and then I had insomnia, like that wasn't in the books. I was trying to read about what do you do for insomnia. Well, you're either reading about you don't fall, you don't fall asleep, and then you fall asleep later in the day, or you fall asleep and then you wake up and you can't get back to sleep. I was, I did not sleep, period. I went eight days without a minute of sleep. I was, it was like unbelievable. I remember a friend of mine who's a surgeon going into surgery at 4 a.m. and he finds me out on the road, the backcountry road running. He goes, what the fuck are you doing out here? And I said, oh man, I haven't slept for like six nights and I, I gotta burn this stuff off, you know, and it was... He's like, "You can die." Like, why? You haven't slept in 6 nights and and you know, that's the worst thing you tell somebody who can't sleep. I was taking lorazepam, I was taking ambien, I was doing all kinds so at of this shit point you and had nothing sh- was working.
1: So you had shifted from your flower essences and stuff and you were literally oh, yeah, I was like, trying like, okay. bring it on. You're like, "Bring it." Oh yeah. I and nothing on. is still working for you.
0: Oh yeah, that's a that's a terrible feeling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I finally went and did the uh, did Paxil and I was very blessed because one of the side effects of Paxil is you gain weight. So, I started Started looking a little more normal because I started gaining weight which I really desperately needed to and I I was a lucky one in that I started having immediate results with Paxil.
1: So before we get to the <clears throat> Paxil what happens at the end of I mean so obviously this is a cute state this this stage is, is oh, as yeah. bad this, as it this gets. Is, this is
0: crisis mode this is when I'm literally the nights where I was in the insomnia I was in fetal position on my living room floor breathing and doing it was like Lamaze I would just breathe And try to get through eight hours of being alone at night. My husband would come out and it was like, I can't, I can't talk. I can't look at you. It's like, I have to focus a thousand percent to survive what's happening right now. And I was like every night.
1: So was it at the end of that week that you went in? I mean, at some point at the end, I mean, obviously you're already taking stuff. So what do you do? Well, I was
0: taking the Ambien and stuff, but I wasn't going on the, the Paxil. I think I did it for like two months and I just realized, okay, I've, I've got to do the antidepressant thing. So, um, yeah.
1: So you so, were trying it with just sleep meds. Yeah. And then yeah. finally you were like, clearly this is not yeah, working. No, this is so not you, working. you go back into the doctor. Shit's you're not like, happening.
0: Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> they were like looking at me and going, excuse me, you're taking what? And you're not sleeping? Which is the worst thing when a doctor says that to you. It's like, okay, I'm giving you all my guns and it ain't working for you. I'm like, I'm fucked, man. I'm out of here. And I remember saying, if I can't change this, I will have to leave. Like, you know, I will have to.
1: As in exit. leave this earth.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I was like, I can't survive this. So Paxil rounded it out. So I was on Paxil for seven years. And, um, you know, when I came off it, I, you know, was really smart about coming off it. And uh, I realized that once it was out of my system, the demons started coming back. And I was Mm -hmm. like, I can't do this again. So it was at that point that um, somebody turned me on to the... The Secret, or actually that was a relapse where I got turned on to The Secret. I'd been studying that stuff forever. But anyway, it was at that point that I realized I have to do this from within. So what happened was one day I was sitting on the living room. I can visualize it perfectly on the living room floor and I felt the panic attack come in. And at that point I was timing myself. How long can I keep the fear that energy out of my body and it was 6 seconds I was timing it that's the, that's the longest reprieve, reprieve I had was 6 seconds
1: and this is you off of Paxil not wanting to go back on and realizing, okay, yeah. I have to take care of this. So you start timing yeah. yourself.
0: Yeah. So it's like, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, you know, like how long can I, mm-hmm. you know, how long is breathing going to do this for me? And I got pissed off and I felt this burst of cortisol. And for me, it starts in my crotch and I just get that, Phew, that warm spread. Right. And I, uh, and I got pissed off and I said, no. And I just like visioned, visualized this hand, like just pushing down the cortisol and, it kind of like stayed there. It didn't spread because what would happen was it, it would spread through my body, and if it got to my neck, then it got to my brain, and I was fucked for six hours. I could not ground myself for six hours.
1: So, so you, and this is unusual, at least from the perspective of people that I've talked to before. You literally know where it starts in your body, yeah. and you know that once it gets up here to your neck, it's going to go to your head, and you, there's no and going done. back. Yeah. So you're working on getting this pushed out.
0: Right. So, well, long story short, what. This is the day I started turn, uh, realizing that I had this power to control what was happening in my body. So I did this white light, this hand pushing down the cortisol, and I've always like I can feel the blood flowing in my body, which is not comfortable when you're having stress because stress is amplified hugely. Um, so anyway, I I was like, holy shit, that worked, and so I tried it again. You know, it was like. 10, 20 seconds later, I got that burst of cortisol, and I did it again. And so I, that day, I spent the whole day working with light. And I'd never done this before. And it was kind of like, okay, driving this. And it got better, 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 better. So long story short, I started really manipulating energy in my body. And as I got better, I started working with friends who had said, you know, you, you've mastered, you know, you do meditation and stuff. It really helps you. I had four friends that had cancer and I would go do uh chemo I was their chemo buddy because I was homeschooling my kids I would take them to chemo and one day with one of my friends when she was getting her chemo and I would talk to their body and tell them what their cells were going to do with the, the chemo I said oh god my rib is really hurting and um she said yeah exactly and I looked at her like alarmed and I said wait your ribs hurting like right here and she said yeah And then I started describing to her what was happening in my body, and it was what was happening in her body. And it was that day that I discovered I was a healer, and I didn't know that. And so I said, well, if I've learned how to manipulate energy in my body, can I manipulate energy in your body if I change it in me? And I could. And so I was like, what is happening here? Like, this is fucking weird like (laughs) I blew my mind so you know basically the deal was I was a healer I was an empath and intuitive and I was walking around with my field wide open all of my life I was taking everybody's stuff in I had no way to clear it I had no way to manage it and to protect myself so I went to a healer and I started to learn how do I work with this thing this gift that I have and um, after my fourth friend that I did the chemo with, and they were saying, you know, they they said, oh, my favorite time of cancer was doing chemo because I'd have three days with Bambi, and we'd do angel cards, and we'd do crystals, and we'd do this, that, and she'd meditate with me, and um, and they all had great, you know, experiences, and they all did very well with their cancer. And the fourth friend said, Bambi, you have to do this for a living. Like this is your gift. This is your gift in the world. So I started doing, you know, I'm an occupational therapist by training, so I worked in the schools, and that's important to say because my specialty, ironically, is the brain Mm -hmm. (laughs) and how it works Mm -hmm. and how it can be successful or not. Um, So I went, oh, man, I can't go back into the schools again. Like, I'm just... I homeschooled my kids for 12 years.
1: I was going to say, so you were in the schools before you had your children. Yes. And then that once was you my... had your children, you were stay-at-home mom. Yes, I was a okay.
0: stay-at-home mom. I was running. I've always been an entrepreneur. I've always, I ran a homeschool center. And um, anyway, so I was like, well, okay, so maybe I should try to do this, like be a non-medication anxiety specialist. So the first couple of years of my business, that's how I marketed
1: myself. And uh, so you were a non-medication anxiety specialist. Right. Yeah, And the great... The great part about that for you I think is the fact that you did you've gone both roads. Right. And you obviously know when someone does need medication. Oh, yeah. and, and I
0: say there's a time and a place and do not hesitate when it's the time. Right. Because it's a chemical thing and you can't battle it's like trying to, you know, see the surface of the water at the top of the glass when the gla- it's there's literally a millimeter at the bottom and you've gotta have support to get that chemical balance back in place you can't you're too depleted you can't do it you can't work energetically when you're coming from an empty 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 tank which is what we are those of us who are in that place
1: but once you get leveled out again and you want to get off meds yep. or possibly that you know you have anxiety but you don't need meds right yeah, a lot of the people come to me
0: yeah a lot of people work with me because they don't want to be on meds mm-hmm. and so they they want the mind body spiritual practice So I went, all right, so I'll do that. So I did that. And then it was like, well, I don't know how to be a business person. So I went and got business coaches. And I realized that every single time I was in a room of 100 entrepreneurs, every day, anxiety would come up. And the coach on stage would say, make sure you talk to Bambi. She's our anxiety specialist. She's our anxiety coach. I was like, oh, so entrepreneurs deal with it all the time. And I love being an entrepreneur. I've always been entrepreneurial. Had my own businesses, always worked for myself. And uh, so I started going, well, what I really want to do, because a big part of my work is clearing the energy and then working with uh, your energy intentionally Mm -hmm. with the law of attraction, working with the quantum field and understanding what the quantum field is and understanding how does the neuroscience of your brain, how can you change what's squirting out in your brain with intention? You can do that with a thought. You can literally change a blast of cortisol into a blast of serotonin and dopamine with a thought. You just have to know the right thoughts and how to do it and what to do, visualizing and whatnot. And that's what I teach. And so now I say, I call myself a brain coach and I help entrepreneurial types or success oriented people, women in particular, but I have, I have eight year olds and I still get everybody, you know, coming to me for the anxiety piece, dealing with the fears, the everyday fears of that journey of success, up leveling your life, up leveling for a goal or whatever, you know, you get triggered, your sabotage comes out. So I say, I'm a brain coach. I teach you how to transform the energy of anxiety into an energy that's powerful and then being intentional with neuroscience and mindset and success strategies cultivating this energy of success and then directing it where you want to go with your goals and employing the law of attraction to get you there faster and easier so that's kinda what I do now so I'm a brain coach for anxiety transformation and success acceleration
1: and so for you when you think about what you went through first of all, my first question is, does it come up again? Like, does it still come up for you?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right now I'm dealing with some uh, fairly intense things with, um, you know, an aging parent. And I have to use my tools a lot right now. And I said to my husband last night, I go, God, what do people do that don't have this ability that I have? Because it's hard for me. And, uh, you know, I can't imagine not having the knowledge that I have.
1: The other question that I think of is when you look back and you think about the way that things played out. So I'm thinking about other people that are listening to this mm-hmm. that have, you know, have gone through or are going through such intense anxiety that they're having panic attacks which I have had yep. <laughs> and they're debilitating and terrifying. Oh, they're terrifying. Was there something that you needed that you didn't have that you look back and you go oh, I wish I would have had this or I wish I would have done this sooner or I wish I would have
0: I wish that the only alternative that uh, I had been handed, which was a pill, I mean, I I was standing in my kitchen, because you could only take your pill at certain times, licking the edge of my pill like a mouse, because that was the only fucking thing that I had to be able to quiet my body down. And it wasn't, I took my pill, it wasn't working, so I would stand there and I'd lick the edge of my Paxil so because I couldn't take it again for another six hours. I wish somebody had been out there offering the tools that
1: I offer. You wish that you had had somebody who had developed... Been teaching,
0: been teaching the the mind body spirit approach
1: because you think i mean it sounds to me like you would have been able to heal a lot faster it wouldn't have taken as long had you had the medicine and the knowledge yeah well to do it, it, it would
0: have I wouldn't have ample, it wouldn't have gotten if people were out there teaching that instead of pushing pills it wouldn't have gotten to the point where i would have gone into the panic attack to begin with cuz i was doing counseling and stuff um, but it was traditional talk therapy. Mm-hmm. So
1: so you were, t- you were trying to work with it. Yeah, oh, yeah. But there just wasn't the tools that you needed.
0: No. To... Nobody was teaching what I teach now. Yeah. And it would have been a game changer.
1: Do you feel like there are more people teaching what you teach yes. now? I think there EFT. are. EFT. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, EFT is kind of the, the go-to thing. But, you know, there's a lot of new things that are coming out. Definitely. And mindfulness and meditation and all of that, you know, as an occupational therapist, I always keep my certification up. And um, it's been amazing to watch the journey of what I could get my CEUs, uh, you know, certification credits in. Now it can be totally woo-woo, and it's so awesome. It used to be hand rehab and shoulder through surgery and shit, and it was like... Because oh.
1: science is now backing Oh yeah, all the things that you're Mindfulness. doing. Mindfulness, <laughs>
0: yeah, absolutely, yeah, and the whole, you know, the energetic thing, positive psychology, energy psychology, yeah, it's really out there. And if I had gotten that when I was just starting to feel wonky and weird and... You know, somebody had said, "Hey, do this technique. It's gonna like totally like amp down the energy and change it into a happy energy." I wouldn't have had all the cortisol releases that took me off the cliff. Right. right. That's the thing. It's like you've got to stop the cortisol release with these other things that can trigger, you know, oxytocin, serotonin, dopamine—those those those feel good things that help you with the sleep and the happiness and all that. You know, learning how to work with your brain's natural function to self-medicate, so to speak, right? I remember Deepak Chopra was saying something. Um, he was sitting on a plane and he, this guy pulled out a bag of pills and, you know, he was all freaked out about flying and Deepak didn't say anything, but he said if only he knew that with the power of his mind, he could create the perfect balance of every one of those pills in that bag. But no one teaches but us no that. But no one teaches that stuff. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and yet at the same time, before you had all this knowledge, you too... You, what it's making me think of is at the beginning when you were talking about this, when you went to the doctor, you were like, no, 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 I don't want it to be in my mind. I need a pill. Right. right? Oh yeah. Because this yeah. is what we're taught. Cause that's all I do. Right. We're taught that you take a pill and yeah. that's going to fix it. Right. And until you know different, that's all you know. And that's exactly. all you want.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and so it's so much more powerful because what I teach, the tools that I teach, not only, bring comfort into your body, but they totally empower you because the tools that I teach are actually dissolving the energetic patterns in your subconscious mind, in your belief system, in the foundational structure of who you are energetically. You're changing that. So you're literally changing. Every time somebody works with me, they leave a different human being. It's really cool. I work with dowsing rods and I show people their energy field from before their session and after and you know they come to me and they're stuck on a problem in their business or they don't have confidence for speaking or they're you know dealing with straight on anxiety and they have no energy field at all it's totally collapsed and then when they're done with me they've got an energy field that's like 50 70 feet or bigger if they're a big person if they're Mm -hmm. a big energetic person Mm -hmm. yeah it's really big it's very cool and then I say how does this feel when you're in this big energy field they're like, wow, I feel fucking awesome. I'm like, right. Yep, yep. And you did this with your mind. And I, you can do it again. Because I teach tools. Everything I do is a tool.
1: Right. That people can access themselves.
0: Yep. At three AM when you're really flipping out.
1: I think that's what's so amazing is that it's the perfect you are the perfect example of what happens when you're so off balance. Yeah. That you literally are collapsing inside of yourself. You're having panic oh, attacks. Yeah. You can't sleep. You're just you're done. You're self
0: destructing. You're <laughs> self
1: yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then The knowledge and how that's changed your life and the person that you are now. Yep. You know, that's sort of a
0: a a black and white. And my greatest joy is I say to people, you're not coming to me to get rid of your anxiety. You're coming to me because you want to live more powerfully in your life. You want something different in your life. You want more joy, more happiness. But you want that joy and happiness so that you can be powerful and create something different. So a huge part of my work, you know, I have like a six-step signature system that I use with people. And that final couple steps is all about manifesting mm. and teaching people mm. how powerful they are with their mind to manifest and to heal, but then to really manifest. So what is it that you want? Yeah, let's, let's heal you and get you out of your funk. But let's mojo you up and get you where you really want to go. And that's the joy of my my business. And that's why I love working with entrepreneurs because they're goal-oriented. They're focused not on just breaking through the fear barriers. But they're serious about, I want to get rid of this fear so I can go here. And I'm they know really good yeah. at getting the person there with the whole energy hygiene protocol and stuff.
1: They know what they want and you're yeah. going to help them find yep. it. Yeah,
0: and we just set up a daily practice. This is what you're going to do energetically. This is what you're going to do with your mind. This is what you're going to visualize, blah, 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 blah. This is your affirmations. It's just like a very comprehensive sort of approach to working with the brain and the, the energy body.
1: Do you ever have a moment... What occurs to me is, do you ever have a moment where you think, well, if this had never happened, I might not have the business that I have? Oh,
0: a thousand percent. (laughs) Oh, I knew what was really cool was when I was in the darkest, darkest time, I started learning that my head would move in communication as I would talk to God. And so I would start asking questions and it's kind of funny because now I'm doing this with Access Consciousness, follow the light, right? Mm-hmm. Well, my, I would ask a question and I would get yes-no answers with my head. And my head would move, yes or no. And I was asking, am I here for a reason? Yes. Am I going to survive this? Yes. Am I going to be okay on the mm-hmm. other side? Yes, and then some. And is am I here because I'm going to be helping other people? And it was like, yes. And I've literally helped, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people radically change their lives. I mean, everybody that works with me, I have like a, a 99% success rate because it works. I'm just coming at you from so many different directions that it's kind of an unstoppable combination that I use. It's so gratifying to take someone from totally fucked up and stuck in fear or stuck in self-sabotage as a really powerful. I work with a lot of powerful women who know that they have this greatness in them and they can't unlock it and unleash it.
1: Because they're stuck in that anxiety Yeah, place. pattern.
0: So if we can break them free of that and get them really intentional about how are they using their energy to get where they want to go, it's so gratifying. I can't tell you the emails that I get and the mm-hmm. stories that I get from people who worked with me years ago. Some people only had one session with me, and they'll call me and say, "Do you know that the entire course of my life changed from that one session? Mm-hmm. I have so many people say everything we worked on came true. Every everything that we did, it was came true exactly as you said.
1: It's such a testament to the to the power that we have, mm. that we don't tap into, that we're not aware of. Right. We're not taught this, right? Right? This is not how our society functions. Yeah. Yep. I think Eastern cultures are a little more tapped into that than we are, and oh, I think we're sure. just starting to be open to it. Yeah. And practice it.
0: Yep. If, if there was one school system, because I was an occupational therapist, I could get in there and I could talk the language of education. So I taught all this woo-woo stuff in the context of inner resiliency. And, And it was really incredible to see these kids who are in very dysfunctional families with no tools. Because their parents don't have any tools. They're on survival, you know, (laughs) cliffhanging survival mode. Start using these mind-body practices and really, like, running up to me and saying, Bambi, Bambi, I did the pink bubble and it worked. Bambi, Bambi, I did the thigh press and it worked, you know. And it was Mm -hmm. like, yeah, how cool is that? You did that. Good for you, you know. You had the power within you. And they were like, yeah. Yeah. You know, and if we taught that shit from kindergarten on, it's simple stuff.
1: Well, I think about too, simple stuff. all the all the emotions that we have, right? All the anger, anxiety, worry, fear mm-hmm. that we're not taught how to deal with that. So we stuff it until we blow up. There's bullying, there's you know, all these things that happen mm-hmm. in school so because we're not taught to deal with the emotions and we're put in we're put in these situations our whole lives but yep. no one ever gives us these tools. It would be such a game changer.
0: Oh, it's amazing! The teachers said that the uh, the culture in their classroom changed after my first lesson. I have a really awesome first lesson talking about water crystals and you know what happens in your body energetically with thought and then when they would have school competitions, all the classrooms that had me coming in for this eight-week program, they won the competitions. <laughs> I mean, it was like, it was, I did a, a entry and exit survey with the kids about their level of stress, their belief in themselves, their confidence, um, how they navigate school and things like that. And I would say 85% of them reported a very significant change in their, in their scores of, you know, how they were performing, how they were feeling about themselves, how they were managing stress and stuff. Very cool. Kids are sponges for this stuff. And, and, and so I if you don't do it for yourself, do it for your family.
1: And I think for kids it does – it comes – more naturally, they pick mm-hmm. it up, like with anything with kids, you teach them a language, you teach yeah. them how to play violin. No matter what it is that yep. you're teaching them, they muckle onto it really quickly and they grasp it faster. Yep. And, you know, that's a good place to start. And they're a lot
0: less toxic in their
1: beliefs sure. and their experiences and their sure. traumas. So they get that energetic
0: shift. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the whole thing for me is like anything I teach, If if I didn't get a profound energetic shift in my body within three minutes, I don't teach it.
1: It's like Mm -hmm. everything
0: I teach is like, you're going to feel something different really fast. Yeah. And then if you don't, then I know how to unlock you because it means your energy is reversed. But giving somebody tools like that where it's like, oh my God, I was able to shift that. To do that myself. That's cool. That's so empowering.
1: You know, I usually ask people, oh, well, what advice would you give to other people? But it's clear to me that the advice is what you've been talking about all along. It's having the tools Mm -hmm. to take care of yourself, hopefully before you hit a complete
0: oh yeah self destruct Don't wait.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Don't wait. Yeah. Get those tools. And sometimes, like you said, that means that means medication.
0: Yeah. Old fashion medication.
1: Absolutely. But it can, you know, as somebody who's been on a medication and now is not and I know what tools I have yep. to keep myself from getting back on medication. I mean it's this it's the same thing for all of us in trying to cope with whatever those things are that get overwhelming and yeah. how do we pull ourselves back.
0: Yeah. Today in this day and age I believe that tools energetic tools mind body practices are essential to happy life because we're just so bombarded and because we're all one energetically we're not only mm. bombarded with our own shit from within we're bombarded by everything around mm-hmm. us and i know that it's a it's an energetic thing a, a, a cosmic global energetic thing when yeah. my tools don't work it's like it's not me it's not coming from within me i'm resonating with the vibration of the planet or the town or whatever Mm -hmm. you know people report when there's a uh, teen suicide the whole town ripples absolutely and everybody has a hard time
1: well you think about all of those things something like that or you think about a major earthquake or all the things that happen that everybody feels around you right Mm -hmm. so like It absolutely can be community-wise or globally. Yeah. And keeping ourselves on track is super important. Yes. For ourselves and globally. I mean, it's like the big picture, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: I really appreciate you sharing your story. I
0: appreciate being here. I love the Gardenia Project.
1: Thank you so much.
0: It's just such a gift that you're giving everybody with these interviews.
1: The more awareness, the better. The more stories, the better. The more healing, the better. Something like that. Definitely. I love this quote by... Robert Atkinson, who is a local professor at USM, that story is a tool for making us whole. Stories gather up parts of us and put them together in a way that gives our lives greater meaning than they had before we told our story. Stories tell us things about ourselves that we wouldn't have been aware of without having told the story. The more I record these podcasts and interview these women, the more I see that this is absolutely true, that we are making sense of our lives, of our stories, and of what we learned by telling them out loud. I am very humbled and grateful for all of the women who have shared their stories here. If you or someone you know has an amazing story to share, please send them my way to jendeanphoto.com. There's a Gardenia Project page with the portraits of Bambi and all the other women who have shared their stories so far, as well as a page about how to apply to be part of the project. Thank you to the fabulous composition for the soundtrack from Keith Kenneth of Unseen Music, and I'll be back soon.